Long before Gavin Scott was a producer from Textbook, he was just a kid growing up in Oklahoma. He used to love to play with his brothers outside. They'd make mud pies and forage for berries. They'd pretend they were back in the olden days, before Oklahoma was even called Oklahoma. So as I was growing up, I would learn about my culture through stories from my grandfather about his experiences with the Cheyenne Arapaho tribe. And I would attend powwows and learn more about my culture in school in general. But since I was the only gay person in the community, I felt excluded or different from everyone else. And it made me yearn for a community like me, Native American and LGBT. Gavin started reading about queerness and Native American history, and he found an unlikely source of information. Sabine Lang, a German anthropologist who has studied Native American culture since the 1990s. She originally set out to study gay and lesbian Native Americans. In the process, she learned about a history of gender expression that can't be classified as male or female. White settlers didn't know what to make of them because the settlers understood gender as binary, male or female, one or the other. And as white settlers forced the Native Americans to assimilate, many of these traditional roles were left behind. On this episode of One Textbook, Gavin interviews Sabine Lang about traditional gender roles in Native American cultures and how that history was almost lost. I'm Gabe Hassan, and you're listening to Untextbooked. Stick around. Untextbooked. So I just wanted to take a second and just say thank you for coming on today and like taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you so much for your interest. I was trying to find references to anything like uh, LGBTQ related in Native American history because I wanted to learn more about my uh, Native American culture. And I found the term two spirits and I thought it was very intriguing what exactly does the term two spirits mean? The, uh, the term two spirit was originally created in the late 1980s at a meeting of uh, Native American gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual people. It's a term to refer to themselves. And since then it has come to be applied to, to other people and other times. For example, it has come to be applied to people in the old-time traditional Native American cultures who were neither men nor women or who were both. And the term two-spirit alludes to those old-time roles of people who were neither men or women. I, I usually call them men-women and uh, women-men. For example, there were tribes among which the, um, particularly uh, women-men, that is males in a female role, would be matchmakers because it was believed that they were familiar with both male and female thinking and that they would be successful in bringing young people together for marriage. In some tribes, they would be what is sometimes called medicine people, that is they would have a special relationship with the supernatural and they would be healers. They had a wide range of, of roles and were everywhere accepted in former times, like in the pre-reservation period. 
So in your book, you use the terms man-woman and woman-man. Can you explain what those words mean and why you use them? Is it different from being gay or lesbian? Yes, it is different from being gay and lesbian. And one reason why I use it is that I decided to choose descriptive terms. So uh, man-woman refers to uh, female-bodied people in the culturally defined role of men. And women-men refers to male-bodied people in the defined role of women, more or less. For for the sake of clarity, I decided to use those descriptive terms rather than two-spirit to refer to those old-time roles. Because the uh, the term two-spirit is very useful, both for, for political purposes to gain more acceptance in the indigenous communities, but also to express uh, a sense of unity among people from many, many different tribal backgrounds. Um, however, it has come to encompass so many different uh, roles in indigenous communities that it blurs differences between them. Two-spirit people is not a term I would apply to the traditional roles because it was it was created in, in the late 20th century and was not meant to be applied to the traditional old-time roles. This was made plain to me by people I talked to. I know that in my uh, Cheyenne Arapaho tribe, I got in touch with them, and I was talking to them about if there was anything like this in uh, my tribe, and they... They, of course, you know, each tribe, of course, has their own language and each word for everything. And my tribe's word for this, it basically translated to soft hearts or two-hearted people. Well, it is, it is true that each tribe had uh, its own word and none of these um, traditional tribal terms has the word spirit in it. It was not so much seen as a double spirit, but a double gender. So what you usually have is, is terms like in the Shoshone language, um, third-gendered people were called tenawipe, which means man-woman. In Navajo, they are called Nadle, and Nadle translates as someone who is in a constant uh, process of change. The, the terms usually indicated that people were combining the masculine and the the feminine, and this was based on very um, tangible things such as uh, work preferences they had. Because, the, for example, the earliest indication that a child would grow up to be a man-woman or a woman-man was not that the child was in, in any way erotically interested in members of its same sex, but uh, that it was interested in work tasks traditionally associated with People of the other sex, for example, uh, young boys being interested in learning uh, what their mothers did and not their fathers. But a spirit was usually not part of these terms. And the, the term two-spirit is also not supposed to be translated back into indigenous languages because it can assume very undesirable meanings. Uh, for example, if you translate two-spirit into the Navajo language, you get a word that means uh, someone who is neither alive nor dead. And if you translate two-spirit into the language of the Zuni, who are one of the uh, Pueblo peoples in the Southwest, it means witch. 
So um, it's uh, two spirit is a term not to be translated into Native American languages, but rather to be used in modern circles of um, intertribal gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transsexual people. And, and I, I, I think it's difficult to compare transgender and transsexual to men, women, and women, men, because we do not know what kind of identity they had. No, no anthropologist. Um, you see, in the in the early uh, 20th century, there was a lot of anthropological uh, work done in uh, Native American cultures because white Americans believed that Native American cultures were about about to become extinct, which fortunately did not happen. And most anthropologists equated. Uh, the roles of men, women, and women, men with uh, what they called homosexuality. So it's almost impossible. It's impossible to tell whether they, whether they would identify as as transsexual or transgender or something for which there is not even a word in German or English. Men, women, and women, men do still exist in Native American cultures, and I had the the the, the great privilege to talk to some of them. They do not have an identity that is trans. They do have. They have an identity that is both. The it's, it's the com combination of the masculine and the feminine that makes such people that still makes such people um, special in some Native American cultures, and not the transition from one uh, from one gender to another. So, growing up and learning about all this tribal history, I never once remember learning about anything uh, LGBTQ plus related. And it's, it's almost as if it was erased from history. Do you know why this topic is like almost forgotten? Yes, there are some, there are various reasons for this. Native American cultures have long been exposed to various types of influence by the European settlers there were missionaries, there were Indian agents, and there were also those infamous boarding schools where Native American children were sent and where they were ill-treated and uh, the teachers tried to make them forget uh, their tribal cultures and also tried to make them ashamed of their traditional customs. And I think I, think I do not need to mention how homophobic mainstream U.S. society was and is, and so uh, it became quite apparent to me when I when I read the sources and also when I talked to people that in many cases um, the tribes became ashamed of these customs of third and fourth genders and tried to hide them from the whites and eventually also erased them from their cultures. I know of cases where there is evidence that um, tribes used to have special roles for uh, women, men, and men, women, and where they now claim that they never had such people in their tribes. So it has to do with the influence of mainstream American culture and uh, missionaries and all kinds of people who try to erase many aspects of Native American cultures and in some cases successfully. Uh, we need to keep in mind 
that the Native American rights movements in the 1970s gave rise to a revival of many traditional customs and practices in Native American cultures that had been long oppressed. For example, in the early 20th century, there were, there were Native American ceremonies such as the Sundance that were prohibited by the American government and the civil rights movement and the Native American rights movement gave rise to new pride in being Native American and also resulted in a revival of many Uh, many religious and social practices, but for some reason it did not lead to a revival of the old-time roles of uh, men, women, and women, men in the tribal societies. What do you think youth today has to gain from this knowledge of this topic? Well, I've been talking with uh, with various people about gender issues and being being somehow ambivalent in terms of gender i think what um what the particularly the old time roles and statuses of men women and women men can tell us is that it is possible to very comfortable mix genders even today and it is culturally possible to accept and to accommodate people who are ambivalent in terms of gender. We can also learn, I mean, I'm, I'm someone um, who is also what has been called a gender blender. I have rather masculine looks, but I, I have no intention to become a man. It's just, it's just combining both the feminine and the, and the masculine, and it, it's something I've always been very, very comfortable with. People who combine genders can be very helpful for people today who who feel they are somewhat like born as a girl but feel a little bit like a boy to to very comfortably just be both and I think that can have that can be very liberating to just be yourself uh, blending genders being both men and women and being absolutely comfortable with it. Dr. Sabine Lang is an author of the book, Men as Women, Women as Men, Changing Gender in Native American Cultures. Sabine, where can people find you online if they would like to know more or get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me via my website, sabinelang.com. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come and talk with me. You're welcome. Dr. Sabine Lang is an anthropologist and lecturer at the University of Hamburg, Germany. Gavin Scott is a senior at Shakota High School in Shakota, Oklahoma. Our music is by Silas Bowen and Coleman Hamilton, who are a senior and recent graduate of Walnut Hill School for the Arts in Massachusetts. Untextbook is edited by Bethany Denton and Jeff Entman. Fernanda Rain is our board queen. Our website is untextbook.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Untextbook. That's where you'll find more stories from the present and the past that shouldn't be overlooked. We've been working on this series for months. We spent our summer reading and researching and learning about the world. It took a lot of work behind the scenes, and we need to pay the people that helped it happen. Go to untextbook.com, click support. 
Untextbook is a project of Got History, an organization that believes in a world where all young people can advance civic well-being for themselves, society, and the planet.